Hello and welcome. Hello. I'm Heather. I'm Laura. We made it. Yay. It's, it's been <laughs> months. No, it, I don't know. I think How's like it? at least a month yeah. and a half, dude. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> just been busy. It's fucking summer. Yeah. Have just doing stuff. Summer life, swimming, working. Yeah. I don't know. Barbecues. Yeah. Went up to Denver for like a little getaway trip. I stayed in a catbird hotel. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's like cat and bird themed. Super cute. What? Like, yeah, like a rooftop um, bar and little hot tub and little pillows that look like a calico cat and like paintings of weird cats everywhere. Yeah, it was super cute. That's amazing. Yeah. A catbird themed hotel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what will they think of next? I know. <laughs> so uh no have not heard about that there's a few hotels i want to go to i want to go to the hershey hotel in pennsylvania oh, i haven't heard of that yeah it's just so, like no it's like the hershey chocolate because it came out of pennsylvania and wow. uh they do like chocolate baths there and shit Whoa. like right wow. i'm in <laughs> <laughs> um what that reminded me of something what was i gonna say Uh-oh. oh I'm i sorry. literally lost it as soon as you said pennsylvania it. chocolate oh yeah okay it's kind of unrelated but i figured out how they made the sunday today Okay. Um, well, I guess it was just like this random. They used to put like that chocolate like um, syrup into sodas like uh-huh. as a flavoring. And one day some guy was like, put that on a bowl of ice cream for me. And yeah. then everyone like started loving it so much and he started ordering it. The cafe was like, okay, we're only going to serve it on Sundays. But then apparently some other little girl came in and was like, I need a Sunday. It's not as a need only be on Sundays. And then. Yeah. And the Sunday was born. Yeah, and then they changed the spelling and got the little special bowls and all that. But I saw this thing. I was watching the show today, and it was like birthplace of the Sunday, and I was like, uh, Uh-oh. that sounds like a lie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's true. I don't Fuck. know. <laughs> Say it's true. Sorry, this reminded me because of chocolate. So. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, what is it? The fucking Caesar salad was invented in Mexico. Oh, so, really? Yeah. What, just like a special dressing, right? Or well, yeah. Well, the it's fact like the that it's this Caesar salad, it's Italian, but it's it was made in, in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, oh. kind of like what the fortune cookie was made by a oh. Japanese guy in San Francisco. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> for, wasn't it for like homeless people or something like that I don't, to give them hope? Oh shit, I don't remember it going that oh, okay. deep. I just read like the Japanese dude made it in San Francisco. I saw the story of the guy who made sriracha the other day too. Oh yeah. Did you ever read it? It was crazy. Like I guess he's never paid for any advertisements ever for sriracha. Holy shit. What? And then it was super cool too cuz I think it's like eight languages or something on the bottle and then he started off just selling it like out of little baby food jars like um What's out of that? like a little van and it was so good people were just like yeah and like word of mouth yeah so he was just like yeah i just depend on like the flavor to sell it basically so yeah yeah. did it get into because i remember this was like fucking at least 15 years ago um when it started becoming more popular the town they were roasting all the chilies and stuff it like it was almost like people were being pepper sprayed every day oh my god (laughs) they had to like move far away from everybody because everyone was like getting choked out i've never heard of that oh my gosh i don't know i i swear i read that in a newspaper but maybe i also had a fever dream i'm not sure that's funny oh yeah so did you ever did you see anything on the alien stuff at all i have not read a a single thing on it you're gonna have to fill me in on literally everything about it well i don't know too much because i've just been watching like the highlights but i think it's funny just well it's just basically like 
there was like whistleblowers and then they had this big like meeting congress did mm -hmm. basically like oh yeah there was like some things where it was like people testifying because there's like all these different people like about like oh yeah we found bodies and this and that but i keep seeing all these tiktoks where it's like uh like the government literally telling us there's aliens but i'm too busy to even care because i feel like literally yeah. no one at this point everyone's just like okay, literally like, no one gives yeah. a shit <laughs> well because at this point what are we gonna fucking do about it i know it's nothing like, okay it's like everyone already knew and like we want health care yeah <laughs> i don't fucking care yeah i thought it was funny probe, probe me up man yeah. check me out make sure i'm all clear yeah or i keep seeing things too where it's like now that the government's told me there's aliens I don't believe there's aliens or like, Dude, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. If they came out, we're like, the yeah. earth is flat. People would be like, it's fucking round. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you heard of that thing too, with the earth being flat and it's like the dome over us and like uh, in the waters sure. and I always see weird videos about it lately. My TikTok's been sending me like tons of videos where it's like, if the rainbow coming from the edge of a flat glass surface, like how do rainbows in the sky come round it's yeah. because it's the whatever firmament and like i was oh just my like, god oh my gosh. I was like, these people are really they're crazy. out there yeah <laughs> i just my question for that is who benefited from it being like you know if it is flat who benefits by telling everyone it's round what great i don't know that god exists dupe. that's like the whole, oh wait what yeah it all has to do with god because apparently in the bible it says something about the firmament and then like oh fuck they're trying to break they believe and then as people are like what about the planets and they're like it's lights in the sky and oh like, yeah fuck it's, me it's okay <laughs> okay well it's all know, a religion thing i'm like the bible is also pro-slavery mm -hmm. and quiet on pedophilia so i don't know that we need yeah. to worry about <laughs> yeah. what the fuck the bible is yeah. saying so uh, but yeah uh I was curious. I was like, you know, everyone like the devil's coming after you because I'm like all anti-theist and shit. Mm -hmm. But I I was curious. I was like, well, what's the death rate? Like how many people in the Bible did the devil kill? Like, right. What's the toll total? Yeah. Something like they can for sure, you know, confirm based with the stories told like, OK, we think he killed about is responsible for about 10 deaths. Yeah. In the Bible, God, eh, somewhere around 2 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know. Mm, i'm trying to figure out who yeah, the bad guy is here really? in this fucking scenario i know that's how i feel i even remember thinking that as a kid where i'm like i feel kind of bad for him yeah, like, <laughs> yeah the know. devil doesn't seem to do a whole lot yeah. other than just stir the pot <laughs> god's uh, doing an awful lot of smiting in this yeah oh my yeah. gosh yeah i've been uh re-watching xena yes which, how's it going amazing i love it i'm just like wow i really love xena i wish it's so cheesy though it's funny because yeah. like as a kid i just all like, that 90s fucking loved it yeah graphics incredible yeah she like runs up a tree does a backflip and then kicks like 15 people in the face of course like, she's xena same. yeah she can do anything i was literally thinking because i just watched all the john wick movies i was like xena is like john wick cause... ancient world yeah <laughs> john wick <laughs> Xena uh, Wick. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's like, Xena. Oh, you can. I don't know. Yeah. They're just like so like set on killing her, but no one can. I don't know. Yeah. So. Big beefy guys with bald heads and like eyeliner and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, God bless Lucy Lawless. I know. Um, yeah. Better than Kevin Sorbo. Fucking Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> that guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I have nothing to follow that up with. Other than I loved Xena Warrior Princess as a child. I love her too. I still do. I yeah. uh, went to the Renaissance Fair too yesterday. How was it? My friend Michelle has been like begging me to go. I felt so miserable. It was Why? like hot as fuck. Oh yeah. And I was just like, like, how do people survive out here in these like big ass dresses and like just like crazy outfits where I'm like, how? But yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, so crowded, but I did get steak on a steak since I'm just eating whatever the fuck now, <laughs> and so that was nice. It was tough, but yeah. still good, and then, I don't know, my cousin works there, but I didn't even try to find her, because I was like, oh. How do you find? That yeah. place is a, I don't know, a nightmare to navigate through. Yeah, I know. I literally was getting so lost. I was like, oh, where are we going? But I did see, like, London Broil and, like, a, cute, a few cute shows, so. Okay. I haven't been in a few years, so I was like, okay. I was like, I think I'm good for another few years. Yeah. I I haven't been. I went once. It's hot, and I really don't like crowds. Yeah. Like, I really don't like crowds. I can handle Disneyland because, I don't know, it's worth it. Yeah, you get to ride rides and... Yeah, the Renaissance Fair. You really have to just kind of have money. Yeah, I literally spent a hundred dollars. And I don't even know on what. I think mostly food because... Everything I, is $20 Yeah, it was each. like $5 for one bottle of water. I was like fucking Fuck. dying. I got a fucking water and a lemonade. It was like $10 right there. And then yeah. my steak was like 7 And then... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a fucking margarita. <laughs> that was... Yeah, literally, I think I spent like $20. Well, you're at the Ren Fair. It's hot. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. But I did get a cute little um, spider. It's like one of those twisted spiders. So it's uh-huh. like, but it's a geode. And oh. then its legs are like these little pieces of wire that the person puts like beads on. And yeah, it's super cute. And a little dragon. That's adorable. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I smoked a whole bunch of meat yesterday. I'm unfortunately, my story today is going to be real (laughs) bad. Uh, Uh, Knowing what I know and still buying what I bought, I'm a monster. (laughs) You're going to make me feel guilty. Yes. Yes, you will. I've already been feeling bad. Have you been eating pork? I've been trying not to, but I think I had. Okay. I accidentally fucking signed up for HelloFresh. Oh, shit. And I you got, accidentally? Yeah. Oh, okay, fuck. this is what happened. My sister got one of those free things where it's like free 16 meals. And I was telling her, let's just see how much it really is going to be. So it had me put in all my information. And then I was watching videos where it was like um, the guy gets HelloFresh and then he gets like the same exact stuff at the grocery store. And I was like, see, Rachel, I was like, this was like $5 a serving. And this was like $10 a serving for mm-hmm. HelloFresh. I was like, it's a fucking ripoff. And then I closed the fucking app i literally checked and made sure like nothing was subscribed because they had me enter in all my stuff yeah and then i was looking at the meals like we were just like messing around whatever yeah so then i get a text and it was like your hello fresh order is like out for delivery and i was like the fuck it is (laughs) i literally was like freaking out and then i went on the website and like i still couldn't find anything about me like getting a subscription or anything like that like it didn't say i had subscribed so then I had to call, and the guy's like, well, ma'am, like, you picked um eight premium meals or something like that. And I was like, no, I didn't. I yeah. was like, I didn't pick any meals. I was yeah. like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm getting <laughs> delivered. He's like, well, I see right here you did pick the meals. And, like, he literally just would not give me a refund, wouldn't cancel it. He said it was already sent out that I picked the meals and confirmed oh it, even though God. I didn't. But then I was reading online that they do that to, like, I guess a lot of people and 
Yeah, so I got like these fucking crazy BLTs. Yeah. With like this fancy ass bacon, like all this chicken. Like yeah. it was like enough meals. I got eight meals and then it was like four servings, like for four people. Yeah. And it was like all for me. I was like having to have my sister and Jared eat it and then like yeah. Jared only eats fucking he eats chicken and fish now and then my sister eats chicken and fish. But like we all used to be fucking vegan, so it's like <laughs> we're like eating all this fucking meat. They gave yeah. me all this fucking bacon, like all this crazy shit. But yeah, so I made BLTs that I had to like it was so much work. I was like, wow, yeah. this is not worth it yeah and then it was like okay i was like okay i was like this really wasn't that good yeah whatever it was like a i had a fried chicken too it was like a chicken blt and the stuff they gave me to put on the outside of the chicken was just like falling off it wasn't even crying yeah i don't know it was depressing i was like i i knew i should have put panko on this so (laughs) no hello fresh ads in our yeah don't don't do it (laughs) we're telling you never order (laughs) hello fresh i'm sure they're a fine company yeah but i mean who knows in a few years maybe we'll (laughs) (laughs) maybe they'll sell us give us a big enough paycheck we'll tell them anything they want us to tell the people (laughs) if i get it for free then then it's worth it (laughs) it might might taste better (laughs) free always tastes better no, it actually wasn't that bad. Some of the meals were good, but I'm just... It's, it's like not too what much you wanted. Work. Yeah. And it's like so much work, too, where it's like, okay, like, I would have done this differently. And it's just like you're having to read the instructions or mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, just fucking weird. Yep. Yeah, because how often are you supposed to get it? Like, you got eight meals in a row? Yeah. Holy so shit. So it was like all these different things. Yeah, I got like kicking cayenne chicken, BLTs, fucking... Just like, I literally... I'm not kidding it. My sister and I were laughing because of the ring doorbell. She was, like, trying to pick up the box. And she was, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Like, she couldn't fucking lift it because it was, like, fucking 100 pounds or something. It was, like, 50 pounds of meat in there or some Holy shit. Holy shit. Not really. But it was, like, so much. Yeah. I was just, Do you like, have to buy the produce, too? Um, no. So they sent me, like, all this asparagus and, like, squash. Holy and, like, shit. It was just, like, tons of shit, dude. Like, I think I still have some in the fridge because I was, like, I cannot eat yeah. all of this because it's just, It's, like, like, a week's worth of food? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, like, a week's worth of food for four people. So it was, like, insane. It was just, like, yeah, so much. I got, like, trout and, like, just, yeah. I mean, we... We ate the meat, so that was good. But it was just, like, a lot of vegetables, too. And, like, my stomach's been so fucked up now, too. Like, I tried eating the squash, and I had, like, a horrible belly oh, ache no. the next day. So then I was pissed, too. I'm like, they sent me all this fucking food I can't even eat. Like, couscous yeah. and beans and shit. I'm like, this shit fucks me up. So Yeah. Yeah, so kind of depressing, but whatever. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, and you for sure, like, not subscribed yeah. for anymore? No. Okay. I made sure on the phone. He's like, you're not subscribed to anything. You just selected premium meals. Which I still don't understand, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okie uh, dokie. Okay. But you didn't put in, did you put in like credit card information too? Um, It had my PayPal attached <gasps> to it. So they charged it through Whoa, my PayPal. do that? I guess. They charged Ooh. it through my PayPal credit. Because I just logged into like my PayPal and connected it. And I didn't have like my bank or anything. So it literally did like PayPal credit. And then I got like in the negative in PayPal. I'm like, <gasps> yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, Whoa. okay. I'm like whatever yeah they they honestly pissed me off so yeah so fuck hello fresh <laughs> yeah. is what we're saying bunch of thieving bastards literally okay yeah fucking hello fresh yeah shit i feel like i was about to say something and then i got distracted <laughs> shit saying fuck hello fresh <sighs> i was like oh let me oh okay one thing i know we like really gotta All right, fucking yeah. get it after <laughs> it but like uh so i've had this like freaky thing on my neck for a while yeah. right i thought it was from my bike accident i i don't know what i thought it was i yeah. was just making excuses in my head 
So, like, finally go to the doctors. They finally get me, okay, we're going to get you a biopsy. Yeah. I go to what I think is the biopsy. They take no samples. They just do an ultrasound, waiting on results. And then I get to contact the doctor. So, like, what's happening? What's this result thing? Was that all they needed? Like, what exactly is the biopsy supposed to entail? Because nothing else happened yeah. except the ultrasound. Oh, my gosh. They were supposed to do a biopsy. Oh, shoot. The I don't know, I'll just say the name. Fuck it. Penrad Imaging. They don't do the biopsies anymore. You have to go through UC Health. It's like, well, fuck. So then I have to make an appointment. I'm, I'm like waiting. I'm finally yeah. getting like, okay, I'm finally getting answers for whatever this is on my neck. Because it's been a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to like, <laughs> you know, be angry and waiting yeah. an like, extra week when I waited two years. Yeah. But, but I'm all like, uh, you know, frightful about it and shit. Yeah. Now I'm getting worked up of like, yeah. okay, I need to figure out what this is. So... I think I'm getting results. I don't get results. Okay, now you have to wait a month until they can see you. Okay, fine. I'll wait a fucking month yeah. until they can see me. Get the biopsy. And the lady says, you know, they will they usually post pretty soon. You should have it in three to four days. I'm like, okay, great. So by the end of the week, it happens on a Monday. I'm expecting a call by Friday. Nothing happens. I'm like, okay, Monday I'm going to call. So the Monday, I think I forgot. So then Tuesday... <laughs> I was like, oh, I hate phone calls. Yeah. I, so I like wrote a little inquiry on their message board, like, you know, for whoever needs to read it. The waiting for biopsy results. I went to UC Health. This is the date that it happened. I'm just trying to see if I have cancer, you know, nothing. Uh, and then like another week, like days go by. So yeah. then I leave a fucking message with them. Or no, I think I called like the next day to leave a message like, hey, I'm still waiting for those results. You yeah. know, this is important. Another like days go by. And then, like, Wednesday comes. So it's been, like, a week and a half. And, like, I get a call. And then she's this a woman who's, like, oh, I'm sorry. It had actually been two weeks because I remember she said, oh, it's been two weeks since you had that. I was, like, yeah, that's right. It's been two fucking weeks yeah. since I had the biopsy. She's, like, yeah, UC Health hasn't uh, sent us the uh, the results. Can you have them send it to us? And I, I was, like, flummoxed. I was, like, is it easier for me, the patient, to call the hospital? Like, do you guys not call yeah. them? Like, I, it confused the shit out of me. Because it's like, do you guys not talk to each other? Yeah. You're you're calling me several times missing calls because I'm at work. Yeah. I'm like, I can't get to my phone. So it's like, call, 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 missing calls, only to find out, oh, we just you don't, to, we don't yeah. have the results. It's like, you could have made one fucking phone call to UC Health. And got the, And yeah. got the fucking results. So I call. And then she's like, you know what? I'm faxing that over right now. Oh, sorry. So I call UC Health. I was already pissed. I was yeah. like, I need you to know I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> I just need the results to get sent to my doctor. And yeah. She was like, okay, yeah, we got you. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so then like more days pass and like, I'm just busy, like, but I'm still waiting, thinking yeah. about it. I call no answer, but the message says like, please don't leave multiple messages. It holds back the progress yeah. in which we make calls. So I'm like trying to be respectful of that. And then this, uh, God, was it? No, it was sometime last week. I left a pretty nasty fucking message. I was yeah. pissed. I was like, look, um, it's been weeks. Yeah. I just want to see if I have cancer or not. Yeah. And I did say on the phone, if you guys don't want me with as a patient, I'll just fuck off. I'll go somewhere else. I don't mind. But I need to know if I have cancer. Yeah. Within the hour, I got a fucking phone call. <laughs> it was like, you motherfucking pieces yeah. of shit. You could have just done this for me weeks ago. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to be all it's pissed like, what off. What the fuck? Yeah. So anyway, that was my exciting story. So um, wait. So what were the results? Did oh, you get negative. Them? Sorry, oh. no cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so 
anyway, like, long story uh... short, I'm dying. No, it's uh, <laughs> negative, but I have a doctor's appointment next week to oh, like okay. figure out what the fuck to do with this because I have a feeling they're probably going to have to remove it. Whatever. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> negative. <laughs> Let's go just on. the way you didn't say anything, I was like, wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, is this going to be a really awkward yeah. conversation? <laughs> So, okay. okie dokie, <laughs> let's get after it. Uh, we're doing North Carolina this week. Mine is a pretty vague. This is definitely not, like, causal deaths of what I'm talking about, like, officially, because it's such a strange subject, but I'll do my best. So this is about the environmental racism, and specifically in North Carolina, and how it affects the people that live in those areas, and how it does take away, like, a person's lifespan. All right, so, in 1986, North Carolina was seventh in the country for pork production. Today, it is second only to Iowa. Along the Black Belt, there are hog farms pocketed all throughout. With every hog farm, there are lagoons, that the industry likes to call them. Um, They're really cesspools. It is literally just like a cesspit it's just full of shit it's just liquid pig shit in these giant fucking lagoons does it say how big they are just it like... doesn't but they're they're big yeah. like if you like they show from like space these oh fucking hog farms um so a pig can create eight to ten times the amount of excrement than a human can and it shows uh, each of these pools releases ammonia methane and hydrogen sulfide and residents are suffering nearby And if the horrible stench of death and gases wasn't enough, as a way to eliminate the excess waste, the farmers have incorporated the spray system. This means that they take the literal shit and spray it onto fields with giant sprinklers, which is obviously having a terrible effect on everyone living within proximity of these farms. Uh, One study claims, and this is one study, I can't remember which study I got it from. Mm -hmm. I have a list of sources. Figure it out. One study claims that there are roughly, or there are over 17,000 annual deaths attributed to farms across the country, uh, which is more than attributed to coal power plants. Little regulation is happening, and the meat industry is definitely winning on this one. North Carolina is home to roughly 9 million pigs at any given time across uh, the 2,000 farms statewide, even with regular persistent slaughtering. It is the second largest state in pork production, third in turkey, and fourth in chicken. So one guy said in this documentary I watched um, that uh, they have giant fans to ventilate it because if they didn't ventilate it, the hogs would just like suffocate on their own fumes. It would be too much. So instead, they just pump that out into like local communities. Um, So the hogs are a $2.9 billion industry. And this is, I believe, just specific to North Carolina. And it employs 46,000 people statewide. So it's a big fucking deal in North Carolina. Most of these pigs live in CAFOs, which is short for Concentrated Animal Feed Operations. The pigs live an average of six to eight months before they are processed. In 2008, I believe it was a government accountability office, looked at five counties. This is just five counties in North Carolina and concluded that within those five counties, the hog farms were producing 15.5 million tons of pig manure every year. Oh, my gosh. It's a lot of shit. (laughs) So... When uh, animal waste is stored in lagoons, the microbes that break it down release huge amounts of ammonia. And I guess things like algae blooms can happen. So if that seeps into water, it just kills everything. So it's a big fucking deal. 
Um, you would think that these operations would be far removed from civilization with such hazardous conditions, but you would be mistaken. Those fumes I mentioned, the methane, the ammonia, the hydrogen sulfi uh, sulfide, they all give residents massive headaches, and a lot of them have breathing problems. So not to mention um, unspecified sickness that can be attributed to constant exposure to these hazards like cancer. Um, the breathing problems are especially prevalent in children. Really tiny particles that are thinner than a human hair can get stuck in the lungs and absorbed into the bloodstream. Exposure to these can definitely lead to heart problems, cancer, or strokes. So when the ammonia attaches itself to nitrogen and sulfur, it creates small and hazardous particles. I don't really know what that means, but it sounds really bad. Yeah. Um, of course, it's no surprise that the meat industry spoke out against the study because, you know, they probably didn't understand it. Um, those conducting the study did say that the test of this kind is like sort of the first of its kind. Uh, the long-term impacts of what's been happening to residents is really hard to measure. So complex things like atmospheric pressure, weather patterns, humidity, the size and distance of the local communities, etc. Um, they all have to be factored in when measuring pollution for hundreds of miles. Since few have made any effort to understand the issues in the past, it seems, you know, I don't know why, but, like, it seems so unfathomable now that the, what the results are. But, like, no one stopped to think about what the consequences were going to be of living next to, like, massive corporate-owned, you know, um, farms. So the one thing I haven't mentioned but definitely needs mentioning is that almost all of these communities are minority communities. Um, in the documentary I watched, The Smell of Money... Uh, which is really good, but they don't... So it's not streaming anywhere. You can't rent it. I actually had to go to a screening in Denver to oh, watch so you it. Went. <laughs> I went to Denver wow. to watch a documentary. Wow. So <laughs> there's... They they play across the country, like people that invite them that are, you know, fighting, you know, environmental um, issues. So I guess there's... They talked about Greeley. Like, they that Greeley plant... Remember during COVID? Like, people were dying at that fucking Greeley plant. Uh-uh, I didn't. Yeah. So it was a big deal. Like, yeah, it, there's just all kinds of issues in the meat industry. Yeah. I can't even fucking tap into it. Like, this is barely yeah. what I have. Oh, and I... Yeah. You know. You're yeah. a vegan. Well, you, X. You were a... You're a... Vegan at heart. You're a vegan <laughs> at heart. <laughs> Anyways, your heart is plant-based, my it friend. Is. I saw a fly getting tortured yesterday <laughs> on TikTok, and it really pissed me off. My was sister. it the one with under the water? Yes. What the fuck I was that? I thought it was fucked up, dude. And everyone's like, ha ha, so funny. And I was literally so pissed. I'm like, if this was like a fucking dog or some shit. Or a like, person. Yeah, everyone would be pissed. But because it's a fly, like, struggling for its life, it's funny. But yeah, I don't know. My mm -hmm. sister's like, that's just the vegan in you. <laughs> <laughs> no animals shall suffer. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. I laughed at that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I sent it to um, a friend, too, and I was like, this is so fucked up. And they just replied with a laughing face. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, thanks. She was like, all right, great. I'm the only good person yeah. here. All right. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, I watched The Smell of Money. Um, and there were a number of residents that were – this sucks. Like, they were all descendants of slaves, like a bunch of them. Like, they knew they had that, like, line – and they were like, my fucking dad built this or my grandpa built this with his own fucking hands and they survived slavery. And now these motherfuckers are coming in with their farms and trying to chase us out. Like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, 
so anyway yeah it's like actually it's really upsetting to watch these people like just have to deal with it and like no they just have to take it you know like they don't have a choice so it's very upsetting i remember watching i think it was like in cowspiracy too there's this like sweet little black man who's like talking about getting ready for church and stuff and that um they would like purposely spray or something on sundays Uh, right before church so that i could fucking see yeah where he said it would be in like their church clothes like the smell and they'd have to change and i was just like oh my gosh i was like that is so fucked up yeah it's way fucked up yeah um and it like it feels deliberate like it really feels deliberate yeah. that they chose the black belt anyway there's other things too but and why the fuck did they put the hog farms in the middle of a floodplain so a lot of these hog farms are where massive flooding happens all the time so this is smithfield yeah. smithfield is out there in north carolina with a majority of the farms i believe Let's see. And like, so Smithfield and legislators were warned about the environmental risks of having shit ponds in the middle of a floodplain and no one at the top cared because they wanted to get rich at the cost of poor people's health. And like, it worked. They, they've done a great job so far of really fucking everybody over. Um, in 1999, Hurricane Floyd flooded the hog farms. And this is like the hog farms, the massive hog farms really don't start until like the 80s. So there hasn't really been a whole lot of understanding of what's going to happen when a flood flood comes through so in 1999 hurricane floyd comes through and that meant there was literal shit just like everywhere throughout these communities it floods all the lagoons out um and not only is there the issue of fecal matter spread everywhere uh there's also millions of dead pigs everywhere so now you have millions of dead pigs you've got chickens you've got turkeys all the toxins and all their shit and all the feed and all the pesticides and shit it's all just everywhere in these communities. Um, and in the hot Carolina sun, fields are dotted with dead animals. So it just has to suck, you know, yeah. like oh rotting fucking flesh in a hot sun. And they can only clean it up as fast as they can clean it up. Um, so Smithfield, of course, did not. Well, they said they gave a fuck, but they didn't give a fuck, you know, because nothing's changed in 30 years. But um after Floyd hit, the then governor, Jim Hunt, said that the shit ponds had to be gone in a decade. That was 1999. Uh, Smithfield uh, nobly signed a heartfelt agreement about protecting the environment from future disasters. That was a lie. Um, fast forward over 20 years and you'll find the hog industry is still crying about how their poo ponds are superior technology. They literally argue that keeping shit in a stinky pond exposed to the open air in a floodplain and spraying that shit on crops and residents is better than any other solution they are a multi-billion dollar company and they're saying that treating people like medieval peasants is better than disposing of the waste ethically um smithfield's lawyers did what they do best they found a fucking loophole there was a clause in the contract that they signed in 1999 that said they had to fix the problem that was in a way that was economically feasible. So if they were losing money on making it green, they didn't have to do it because it wasn't an agreement in the contract. Oh um, Smithfield said they can't put on new pollution controls because their prices are still the same and it wouldn't be economically feasible. So yeah, they just get to kind of say what they want. Yeah. Um, the state put out a meager effort to try and combat the problem by creating the North Carolina flood buyout program, which did lead to the permanent closure of 43 hog farms. But there's over 2,000, so it's like whoopty fucking do. Um, more farms would be bought out, but lack of funding is preventing that. Some feel it's unfair to make residents pay for the mismanaged planning done by the state. And I think that's true. Like, you brought these fuckers in. Now you're using tax money, our tax money, to buy them out, you pieces of shit. Okay. 
Um, but I mean, politicians keep running in and protecting Smithfield basically at every turn to further protect the industry and not the people. Um, some dude tried to create a bill, Bill 467, that states people could not sue the agriculture, agricultural and forestry industry. I Did I say that okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, for harms done beyond property value, so saying, only you can sue up until what the what the price of the home is worth, but you're right next to a hog farm. What value it had is gone to like nothing. I don't think the bill ended up going through, but he tries again later in 2018. That same schmuck of the of uh, North Carolina, Brent Jackson. Uh, was the lead sponsor of Senate Bill 711, which is the Farm Act. The point of the bill was to limit residents' lawsuits and restrict the industries from punitive damages. So this is what he said. This is his quote. If we don't do something to let Smithfield know that they are welcome here, they'll be leaving this state because I do know there's other states courting them to leave. And if they leave this state, these rural and small towns we have in eastern North Carolina will dry slam up. They're having a hard enough time as it is to survive. And it's like, actually, a lot of people are suffering. Like, they are yeah. struggling to survive, but it's not because of what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. um, so with those words, a nuisance law uh was was created so you could only you only have now i believe you only have a year to file uh if a farm has established any fundamental change so basically the the farms got grandfathered in you don't have to worry about punitive damages anymore you don't have to say that oh all these people suffered for 20 years that's not about don't worry about that anymore we're worried about the here and now um so this was a response to lawsuits being carried out all throughout the state. In 2014, people filed the complaint against North Carolina Department of Environment and Natural Resources after a permit was issued to allow shady people in. It was based on the Title VI of the Civil Rights Act on behalf of the Environmental Justice Network when lawmakers let 2,000 hog farmers move in with little to no regulation over the decades. Under the Title VI law, programs and activities that receive federal money are prohibited from discriminating on the basis of race, color, or national origin. Um, since a lot of these companies get their money from the EPA, uh, they should not be doing what they're doing because there's like, just, you can't, you can't fudge the numbers on it. Like it's too obvious, like what they've been doing and for how long they've been doing it. Like, oh, you definitely targeted minority communities. Like you definitely targeted people that have very few resources to fight yeah. back. Like, you know exactly what you were doing. So, um, but yeah, sadly, like it is with most things, the people that did end up winning those lawsuits, a lot of their rewards got shrunken down and they got almost nothing. And I guess in, in the movie um, Smell of Money, uh, they did say that like one woman, she did get her, her settlement, but like the problem was they ended up stripping a lot of that away and she still is driving a school bus to like pay her bills. Mm. And it's like, they were supposed to, they should have gotten like millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, really they should have, but they didn't, they got like fraction of that. She put most of that towards hospital bills and she drives a school bus. Like yeah. that's her great big yeah. victory. You know, it's fucking corporations went out all the time. Uh, one pretty obvious example was with a farm called white Oaks farms, legacy biogas in which the government catered to big business Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is so long. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, the farm does have a long history of violations, but little has been done about it. Last year, this is just in 2022, there was a ruptured methane 
uh, capturing cap in one of their hog waste lagoons. So this was all supposed to be new technology that they're claiming is, is going to be so great. And a fucking cap ruptures um, in one of their lagoons. And it covered a large area of the surrounding land with several feet of toxic foam. The spill went on for six weeks and took months to clean up. During this time, the Department of Environmental Quality... I'm sorry, Environmental Quality, it goes by the DEQ, made no public announcement about spills or contamination despite the risks. One possible explanation for the downplay was that the DEQ was really trying to sell uh, the shit out of this idea that their biogas technology and that their lagoon digesters were clean and renewable. And that's what they're still really pushing is, no, 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 we can keep these lagoons. We can just do it differently. When in reality, it's like, it's still just as dangerous yeah. as just having an open pit lagoon. Um, so they really tried to downplay that there was anything wrong. Um, with the methane cap rup- rupturing, their clean plan got like pretty dirty. The foam that spilled wasn't from living hogs. It was a culmination of fluids left over from slaughtering hogs from other facilities chopped into smaller pieces. The biogas being harnessed uh, at this facility was from a slurry which the foam resulted from. Fucking nasty. Yeah. The DEQ put a little blip in the newspaper despite the fact that the death foam had been spilling out for six weeks into public spaces and drinking water. They're not saying (laughs) anything. So this is one of the many examples of which... Drinking water? Yeah. Uh... And not much in the way of cleanup has happened, so yeah, it's just horrible. Um, And something extremely important that I didn't mention is that many of these communities that are right next to these hog farms are almost every single one is dependent on well water for drinking water. Because they're they're so rural, they just lack a lot of conveniences that us city folk have. So... um, an in-depth study was done in 2000, and it concluded that facilities were disproportionately located at higher levels of poverty, higher proportions of non-white people, and higher dependence on wells. These lagoons can and almost always do contaminate groundwater. Approximately half of all CAFOs are located where 85% of the households rely on well water for drinking. Wow. Um, another study done by five universities showed that black people on average are exposed to 21% more fine particle pollution compared to the average American. So that's fucked up. Um, you can even take, this is so fucked up. Okay. So I know I said it's along the black belt. Um, but yeah, so you can take the old slave maps, honestly, like where plantations were and you can compare it to where a lot of the hog farms are now, which is pretty fucking crazy, but it pretty much lines up. Um, Eastern North Carolina is the poorest part of the state and that is predominantly black, Latinx and native. Um, it is interesting that they ended up putting these farms on a floodplain near a bunch of low income people. Um, let's see. And the state did make empty promises of making things better, but like what happened in 2013, I don't know why I said that. I don't know what happened in 2013. It's hard to ignore. (laughs) Instead of the problems improving, permits were easily renewed for spray field systems and no further protections for the communities have happened. So what really sucks besides all the horrible things with the residents, not to mention the obvious things with the corporations, like some dystopian like movie where... I don't fucking know what point I was trying to make in my paper. We're going to ignore that. Smithfield (laughs) uh, basically has the deck rigged. So the arrangements of these farms are called contract farms. Um, It operates as a feeder to finish program in which every 17 weeks, the farm receives approximately 8,000 piglets weighing between 45 and 50 pounds. And they're shipped out over four months later at 250 to 300 pounds. 
Uh, they, I'm sorry, the only realistic method of disposal that Smithfield has helped farmers implement is the sprayfield system. So, and continuing to claim that it's superior technology. One farmer, William Butler, said that it seemed unfair that he was unknowingly signing up to handle the waste equivalent to a city with 30,000 people living in it. You know, it's just a hog farm, but he does not understand there's 30,000 people's worth of shit he's going to have to deal with. Like, how does one person, like, figure out how to do that? Smithfield has all the money and all the plans. Like, they did nothing to help people um, figuring out a better way to do it. So Smithfield gets the hogs. They own the hogs. And then the farmers basically are in charge of the property. They own the waste. Uh, but Smithfield also owns the food and the medicine it gives them which is pretty crazy. So a lot of times the workers don't know what they're feeding the pigs. They yeah. don't know what medicine they're giving the pigs. They don't have a list of ingredients of what's going in or what they're being surrounded by or exposed to. Huh. So it's all pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. This is, like, so long. Oh, it's fine. Uh, intensive swine production may pose environmental health dangers because of the high volume of waste, the chemical and microbial content of the waste, and the practice of using liquid waste management systems that are not isolated from the environment. Um, in North Carolina, the agriculture business counts for 17.5% of total jobs. And let's see, in 1979, the state made its first successful attempt at protecting big, big business and not its own citizens. North Carolina created the nation's first Right to Farm Act, in which farmers were protected from falling victim to nuisance laws. North Carolina may have been the first, but literally every single state has followed in its steps. All 50 states today have Right to Farm Acts um, that may or may not be protecting giant manufacturing farming versus like small farms. Cause yeah, it's, it's basically, they are out there to protect the big giant yeah. farms. Um, uh, and don't think residents haven't spoken out against this or tried to make some changes. Uh, the locals have described the factory farms as the mafia and that when they're trying to alert other peoples of their plight, they start getting threats from unknown sources, like threatening letters or threatening phone calls. Um, the town, the smell of money was filmed in one of the owners of the hog farm was also the local sheriff. And that dude had a giant Confederate flag flying out in front of his driveway. I'm just going to go out on a ledge and say that the white Confederate flag flying sheriff probably does not give a shit about the poor black people <laughs> in the community that are saying, Hey, we can't breathe. Yeah. Um, but as far as what to do about it, who the fuck knows? Uh, a lot of little things have to happen in order to get, everyone moving in the same direction but looking back at covid some problems definitely presented themselves in the meat industry so treatment of workers you know i i think something no one really talks about i'd love to know not love to know but like it would be interesting to know the the rate of um uh amputations that people get in these in these like meat industry places because yeah. apparently it, it's kind of regular it's not unheard of oh, really? um that it's really dangerous and uses a lot of migrant workers that are too scared to go to the hospital or report the injury like there's oh all God. this shit going on in the meat industry that like no one is paying attention to because we get meat really fucking cheap yeah. you know but it comes at like such a huge cost um so yeah, boycott Smithfield if you can. Buy as organic as yeah. you can afford. I get it. Money's tight. Do what you can, yeah. and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, stay on drugs. Don't do school and eat your vegetables. <laughs> so here's a very long list of. Uh, I feel like I'm missing some too. I feel like I clicked on so many more articles, but 
I'm going to do my best for the Smell of Money documentary. Like I said, if you're really interested, go to the website, see if you can find a, you know, a local screening. Um, ncbi.nlm.naih.gov um, an article. And this sucks. It didn't have their whole name. It just had S. Wing D. Cole G. Grant. So oh. those are the authors <laughs> in which I will give credit to. I don't know who you are. Um, I got an article from harvard.edu. It was actually more a transcript. It was Hannah Pearls uh, speaking with uh, Naima Muhammad and Alexis Andaman. I didn't listen to it, so I don't know how their names were pronounced. I just realized. Um, Thefern.org, Leah Douglas, NPR article by Leah Douglas, um, a Vox article by Jamie Berger, The Guardian, an article by Erica Hollerstein and Ken Fine, um, Environmental Health News, an article by Cameron Oldsby. Um, this is a real fucking website, pnas.org. <laughs> P-N-A-S.org. I was like, PNAS? I don't like this. All right, this is a long list of names, so bear with me. Um, Nina G. Domingo, Srinidhi, Sren- oh fuck, that's an Indian name. Bala Subramanani, fuck, I'm sorry. Samil K. Thakrar, Michael Clark. Peter Adams, Julian Marshall, uh, Nicholas Muller, Spiros Pandas, Stephen Pulaski, Alan Robinson, Christopher Tessum, David Tillman, Peter Chofin, and Jason Hill. A Washington Post article by Julian uh, Alperin and Daryl Fears, ProPublica, Talia Buford, sorry, Buford, waterkeeper.org, an article by the Waterkeeper Alliance, um, farmlaws.ces.ncsu.edu, an article by Robert Brannon and eesi.org, uh, Maria Feister and Tim Manning. I think that's everything. I hope I listed <laughs> it all. But anyway, yeah, like no obvious deaths, you know, like no great disaster in which a massive amount of people died. So it is tougher, but um, yeah, it's a... Uh, I can't imagine that it's not killing people and I can't imagine anyone arguing that it's not killing people outside of the meat industry, you know? Uh, And then there was this one website of like this Carolina hog farmers.com or something talking about how, Oh, the lagoons are perfectly fine. And you got people making a big fuss and just totally gaslighting the shit out of people. So anyway, um, I did tell John, it was like, look, I, we cannot buy Smithfield and we might really need to rethink where we're getting some of this yeah. meat. Cause I don't want people to suffer because I want cheap meat. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's fucked up. Yep. Especially thinking about that. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I shouldn't even eat fucking pork anyways. Cause I think I'm going to slow down yeah. on pork or if I am, I man really try to know where it's coming from. And yeah. if I got to pay extra for it, then I'll fucking pay extra for yeah. it. And, like, we have the cow that we bought from Anthony, like yeah. the quarter cow. That was nice. We're going to do it again this year. Um, but I think I want to do that with, like, a pig, knowing that it was yeah. not from a factory farm. I just buy, pay a bunch up front and get, like, months worth of pork, you know. How so. much do you pay for the cow again? The cow, I think it was, like, it was a lot, though. Yeah. It was, like, six fifty. Oh, okay. But it was a fuck ton of meat. Yeah but you just got to pay it all up front. Yeah. So we have a deep freeze and it keeps really well. Huh. We still have a little bit left over from October, but um, no, it's still fine. We have like bigger cuts that we're scared to use. We got like a big tri-tip and a brisket. I think I'm going to turn the brisket into corned beef. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, sorry. I got excited. 
anyway, talking about the animal death, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I can't wait to eat my triumph tip. What a but dick. it was it was sourced. It was ethically sourced. Yeah. It so died well. <laughs> Anyways, that was me. Yeah. Was Sorry good. if that droned no, on. No. I love hearing about that stuff. I've always been like so passionate about it. So yeah, I I saw your reaction go fly. So yeah, we yeah, <laughs> you're passionate, man. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, my fucking allergies are killing me. My eyes. I'm sorry. They're itching. Um, does it ask where did you get that giraffe from over there? Oh shit. Okay, I got it by a guy, a local artist. He goes by I Walk on Jello. Whoa. And I love it, dude. Yeah, I love it too. I cannot stop staring at her. For yeah. Like- <laughs> There's a woman at work. Uh, she, I was showing him. I was like, oh, look at this cool art I bought. Like, I'm so fucking happy. It was a hundred bucks, which oh, I think is yeah. a fucking deal. And uh, she was like, what's up with that third eye? I was like, I don't know. She's like, oh, don't you think that could mean something? Really? I was like, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah. She's like, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just a guy that painted a cool giraffe. It's I'm not. Yeah, yeah, it's got a third eye and like weird whited out regular eyes. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool. It, I should post it. Yeah. I haven't posted on Facebook in a year on Sweet Sweet Death. <laughs> yes. I should fucking do it. Show the people the giraffe. Yes. Look at my giraffe. <laughs> my third eye. Death it's giraffe. It's cool. It's like a, I don't know kind of a culty higher like. vibrational giraffe <laughs> <laughs> higher vibrational giraffe oh my god i can't wait for them to play at the black sheep <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <sighs> oh okay okay here we go oh god if i can see if i you can, can see do it <sighs> okay um so I don't know if you remember this, but I feel like even before we did the podcast, I fucking heard this story. Sorry if you already know it, but I always just thought it was so crazy because it's kind of like an unsolved mystery, but not really. But it's the Jeffrey McDonald case. You know, it's like the girl with the big um, floppy hat. It was like the army doctor whose family got murdered. I don't know that I okay. recall this. I remember watching this like documentary about it, which I rewatched and like basically got all my information from just because when I was hearing it, I was like, this is so crazy. And yeah, I love stuff where it's like, you don't really know if he did it or not. And there's so yeah. much weird shit around it. So yeah. So that's what I'm going to do it on. Um, there's like tons of movies about it. Documentaries. Like in the first 48 hours. Oh, um, damn. The thing I watched is called, um, I can't even think of the name right now. What was it? It's, um, uh, why can't I think of the name of it? Sorry. It's okay. I know. I'm getting tired. Oh wilderness my... of Error. Okay. I wanted to say Error of Wilderness, but I was like, that's wrong. Okay. I mean, it would have been close Yeah. Enough. Anyways, that's what I watched. Um, It's pretty crazy. It was like, a, I don't know, like six episodes or something like that. Like each an hour long. It's really good. Um, this guy wrote a book called Fatal Visions where he thinks he was guilty and then they made like a movie about it and there's all this shit surrounding it. So, yeah. But um, anyways, it's a rainy night on February 17th in 1970 and a military police officer gets a call to the house of Dr. Jeffrey McDonald, a special forces army surgeon. So they get there, they go to the back of the house and they notice that the back door is cracked open. When they get inside of the house into McDonald's bedroom, there's blood everywhere, and the bodies of Jeffrey McDonald and his wife Colette are laying on the floor. Uh, he begins to move, so the military police give him mouth-to-mouth um, or like artificial respirations, and he like all of a sudden comes to and is like, "Go check my kids." 
So they go to the rooms of both of his um, young daughters, Kimberly and Kristen, who were both five and two, and found that they were both lifeless. So they wheeled Jeffrey out, and they noticed that his wife was lying on the floor, and she had, like, a pajama top across her chest. And then they also noticed that the word pig was written um, in blood on the headboard. Why? Okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Go on. Okay, so um, Colette had been stabbed in the neck and chest, and both of her arms were broken. She was also four months pregnant. Yeah. So then his oldest daughter was stabbed, and she had blunt force trauma to her head. His youngest daughter was also stabbed multiple times. And they eventually, I guess, did like a circle around the house and they found a club, a knife and an ice pick, which were the murder weapons. When they when uh, Jeff arrived at the hospital, they found that he had a few scrapes, which is like a little bruise up, just like one of those things where it's like everyone's really fucked up. And then he's like has like a mm-hmm. minor fucking laceration or something. So he claims that what happened was that night him and Colette were listening to a record they um he dozed off in the couch he awoke to hear her screaming where he claims he saw a woman with long blonde hair and a floppy hat yelling acid is groovy acid is groovy oh for fuck's sake yeah while holding a candle the other suspects um he claims were in the house were two white men and then a black guy in an army jacket he apparently tried to fight them off um he says that like he was fighting them and somehow his pajama top came off so almost like if I was defending myself with, like, my shirt, like, <laughs> over my arms almost, and that they were, like, right. yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense. Anyways, he says they had this big fight in the um, dining room, and all of this is happening, and he's listening to his family scream for help. He says he remembers um, kind of, like, passing out, and then he wakes up kind of at the end of his hall. He makes it to the bedroom where he tries to give his wife CPR, but he says that um air was coming out of her chest so he oh. called 911 and asked for help then he went and checked on his kids and apparently when he went into the kitchen um he was like this part kind of like didn't really make sense i think because he was lying or something but it sounded like he like had called and then he was like waiting and it was like it's taking too long so then he called again and they have him like recorded like all of this too, all the calls and everything. And he's like, um, it's hard to breathe and like just like freaking out about them getting there. And when they come, that's when they find him passed out and they give him CPR and whatever. It's weird because obviously he's like crazy claiming that it's like these crazy hippies came into his house and killed his family. And this is literally just three months after the Manson murders. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of weird and mm-hmm. but like a fitting kind of bizarre Suspicious. story yeah um and not many people were believing it um so police tried to find suspects to fit the the description um and they end up finding a city police officer named prince beasley who claims he knows a woman who fit the description of the woman with a floppy hat um and this like floppy hat chick dude she's in this story so much and like it's kind of like what made the case famous like it's like mentioned a lot this mm-hmm. fucking floppy hat chick like it's so weird anyways um so the floppy hat chick is named helena stokely and i guess he says that he staked out her house and when her car pulls up into the driveway it's like 2 30 a.m and he apparently kind of just like i don't know corners her or something starts questioning her and he says that he sees the men that were also described by mcdonald get out of the car he goes up to her and he's like i know you know about the fort bragg murders i was wondering if you were there and apparently she's like um i was on drugs then but yeah i think i was there like 
and so he's like okay like you think you're there i don't know so then he calls this guy named bill ivory who's like also an investigator he goes down to talk to prince and the helena chick is there he interviews her and like finds nothing of interest he's like she doesn't seem like she has anything to do with this she's Mm -hmm. saying she wasn't there and he's like it just added to more confusion basically so the police um kind of whatever they kind of forget about the floppy haired chick and they start investigating the crime scene i think this is um the they started investigating the crime scene like the same day and like almost immediately started thinking that jeff had done it just because there's like a lot of weird stuff not adding up um so for example so i have like all the weird stuff and then also kind of stuff that contradicts it so anyways um it was raining and apparently four people had come into the house but there was no trace of dirt or mud on the floor but then the defense was also like well there was like 27 people also coming through the house all during this time and there was no mud also not brought in so i don't know Hmm. um there had been a fight yet nothing was in disarray apparently they even had cards still standing on the table which not like playing cards but you know like birthday cards and shit where they're like propped up where he apparently i guess was in this room and they didn't get hit somehow i don't know um sorry i lost my face okay uh apparently they did a test where they um kept knocking over this coffee table over and over again because it was found like perfectly on its side Mm -hmm. but every time they tried knocking it over it landed on its top and apparently they also had two different sets of crime scene photos because the crime scene wasn't secured so stuff was moved like all over the house um there's like two pictures one's of the phone in the kitchen and it's like hanging off of the like receiver like by the cord then there's another photo and the phone's hung up there's like a photo where it's like all these like clothes or blankets or something on the couch then there's another photo and they're like in the middle of the hallway like on the stairs and then like the original mp was like i remember them being on the stairs when i first came in the house and then all of a sudden they're moved here there's like a flower pot that he remembers being laid down but then it's like stood up and like apparently everyone was like just coming through this crime scene and like not giving a fuck like one dude was like how long is it going to be till medics get here they're like probably a while and so he just like sits down on the couch like (laughs) just yeah like no one's giving a fuck it's also the 70s but still i'm just like um yeah so apparently like i had said there was 27 people that had like come through the crime scene they had even let like news people come through like oh my god yeah they were just letting everyone like come through this crime where scene. where was this again was this um, a small town it was they... on like a i think fort bragg so what? yeah it's like all military police like handling this so it, and i'm sorry is the guy that's involved he was a special forces army surgeon oh yeah so and it's like Mm -hmm. his wife and kids yeah so it's all like military police um they like just really fucked it up so then yeah um they and so this like trial actually that's happening too right now or like the defense and all that that i'm talking about right now was the original i think it's called like an article 32 trial where it's like that sounds familiar yeah i've no idea really what it is but it's just kind of like a military um trial where they kind of like gather evidence and Mm -hmm. figure out yeah whether you're i wish we could wake john up yeah i know (laughs) he could like give us more i was like "Eh, i don't really care enough to like yeah (laughs) tell you the whole history yeah so he kind of goes through two trials this first one so um 
they do all this crap with the table um then the so they're saying this to the jury and then like everything that the prosecution was saying to kind of like prove him guilty is starting to fall apart because it's like well the crime scene was like so messed up it's like did this really happen did this really happen we don't know so um i guess in that book fatal vision the author also lists some things that happened during the investigation such as the ambulance driver took jeff's wallet fingerprints were taken from or weren't taken from the children's bodies uh bloody footprints were destroyed a piece of skin that was found under his wife's nail was collected and then lost oh fuck yeah um i thought i had mentioned it but maybe i didn't maybe i talk about it um somewhere else I could wait. But anyways, yeah. there's this magazine that they found under the coffee table and it was in like Esquire magazine. But OK, I'll wait to tell you. Okay, but okay. yeah, because I think I do talk about it later. Anyways. OK, so um, they even had during this trial, the father-in-law take the stand to like talk about his relationship with um, his son-in-law and also like how he viewed his daughter and him together and he said that in quote if i had another daughter i'd still want the same son-in-law so he really liked him and he defended him really up until like the second trial like they really thought he was innocent for a long time um they also interviewed friends and family and everyone was like he was a loving father he was always playing with the kids like nobody could believe he did it like it just seemed so like out of character and just yeah bizarre like why yeah. would he do that um so Craig Tra Chamberlain, who is an army forensic officer, was called on the team to investigate the crime scene. And it just so happened that all four people in the house had different blood types. So it was really easy for them to just really like trace like who was where, like, yeah, it's pretty crazy, like a whole little map. Um, so the theory was that an argument had happened with Colette in the bedroom where he began to beat his wife with a club. And they're basically saying that, like, he's, like, swinging this club and one of his daughters gets scared and comes in. And so he's, like, a doctor and obviously, like, he hits his daughter or something in the head with the club and knows that she's, like, seriously injured and either she's, like, going to die or be, like, um, like, messed up for the rest of her life. So he decides to take her back to her bed where they found both her and Colette's blood on the sheets. And then they think that Colette went into Kristen's room where she tried to protect her youngest child. And then she ended up falling and bleeding on the bed. So it was basically like the, I think the youngest one runs in Kimberly. She gets hit in the head. He takes her back to her room. So then Colette's blood is all over her, gets on her bed. Then she goes into the mom goes into the other girl's room ends up falling on that bed there's blood all over that bed even though they found her body in the bedroom um yeah so and then this is the whole magazine thing okay so in the living room on the magazine under the table um it had kimberly's blood on it so the oldest daughter which she was the oldest daughter and it just so happened that this magazine had the story about the manson murders in it mm. and there's even a photo in it that showed the um writing on the wall too where there were like death to pigs so oh really my god really weird yeah they think that he like was like freaking out like what do i do then he like goes into the living room like looks in the magazine gets the blood on it and gets this idea like oh the manson murder is like i'm gonna write pig on the headboard and yeah so it's really <laughs> weird yeah so he goes back into Kristen's room stabs her they believe she was awake. She had defensive wounds on her hands. Oh. Yeah. Then he goes back to the room with his wife, 
gets an ice pick, stabs her because he had apparently beat her to death. Then he writes pig on the headboard. So to top this all off, they found pieces of surgical gloves in the bedroom. What? Yeah. And so then they also find his blood in the kitchen on the floor and then under the sink and under the sink is a box of gloves like surgical gloves these same surgical gloves so it's like okay then they find his blood around the sink and they believe this is where he inflicted his own laceration along his ribs because he was a doctor Mm -hmm. and it caused him to have a collapsed lung and I don't. They think he did it on purpose, though, just make it seem like I don't know, like he knew what he was doing, kind of a thing. He's a like surgeon. It's got to be a little serious, yeah. or they're not going to believe me. Yeah. So, um, and then in the book, um, Fatal, um, Visions, the um author claimed that uh he also had had like some knife wounds and bicep cuts and stuff, but that's the only place I could really find anything mm-hmm. else, and I don't even know if it was true. So I don't know if he did have more wounds or what. But the documentary I watched, the police said that he, like, seemed fine when they went to the hospital, that he wasn't, like, really beat up or anything. So, Mm. on this same night that um, all of this happened, the MP said that on the way to the scene, the first guy who had went into the house, uh, Ken, I think, Micah, he was driving and he had seen a woman two blocks away in the middle of the night who fit the description of the girl in the floppy hat. And he says that he remembers it because he thought it was so weird that it was, like, the middle of the night, like, 3 a.m. or something at this point. And she's, like, standing at, like, a bus stop or on the corner or something like that. And he remembers because of her hat. Okay. So he claims to this day that he still saw this girl. He even tested about testified on stand about her. But there's other people who are like, oh, he just wants, like, all the attention mm-hmm. and glory from this, whatever. Yeah. Um. So she was all over the papers. Everyone's like freaking out about this girl. One of these people um, was this guy named Edward Posey, right? He claims that he saw his neighbor on the night of the murders get out of a Mustang and get into the house where she was wearing a black floppy hat and white boots. And it turns out to be that fucking Helena Stokely chick, the same oh. chick that the cop had talked about before. So I thought it was kind of weird. It's like two different people. And then this guy sees her like in the news and stuff is like, oh, that's my weird fucking neighbor. Yeah. And I saw her that same night, too. So Mm. it's yeah, I don't know. It was really strange. So then also with this chick, I don't know where I talk about it here, but they do so many interviews with her and you can watch it, too, where she's like, yes, I was there. No, I wasn't there. And like apparently she did lots of acid and drugs and like there's just so much weird shit surrounding her. But anyways, um. They had this meeting where they were like, we don't have any evidence against Jeff, like, because it's been, like, so long at this point. They're like, um, we spent so much money, like, we're going to look like fools if we don't, like, do something soon. We got to wrap this up. So the Army decided to close the case. They cleared him of the charges in late October, which is nine months after the murders, because they didn't have sufficient evidence. And, yeah, so that was kind of that. But... Colette's stepfather was really set on finding out who did this. He wrote letters to every congressman and senator in the country. I'm not kidding. And he said he hand-delivered them, like, personally to each, like, whatever. So I don't know how you do that. But, yeah. So he was just, like, really, like, pissed. Like, you guys got to figure out who did this. Um, So a reinvestigation team starts to... um, look into the case again in Fort Bragg. Uh, they do a polygraph on Helena. She fails it. Sure. Um, sorry. 
okay she doesn't know what planet she's on he, she really doesn't and, like some people were like really making fun of her too because even during like court and stuff when she was testifying like they were just like ripping her apart like saying Aww. she didn't have a light bulb in her head or you know whatever the fuck they say Aww. that phrase yeah so i, I think this is just a broken person yeah <laughs> you don't have to be mean yeah so oh they had taken dna from her too like hair and whatever else they do back then and um compared it to the crime scene and nothing had matched uh so Mr. Kassab, which was Colette's stepfather, continued to petition for justice. He started p- to believe at this point when he was, he was getting like so obsessed and looking over everything, he starts to kind of be like, maybe it was Jeff after defending him for so long. And um, there's this interview, I guess that happened on TV where Jeff is talking to, I don't know, some guy about the murders and everything that happened. But it's really just, like, weird because he just keeps kind of, like, talking about himself and just, like, oh, it was a real injustice and, like, how they handled everything. Like, doesn't bring up his wife, doesn't bring up his kids. Like, just talking about it almost like it was, like, someone else he didn't even fucking know. So it was really weird. He's, like, making jokes. People keep laughing. And, like, it's like he was doing, like, a fucking stand-up routine. So it was really weird. And people just, like, kept talking about it, like, uh. Seems inappropriate the way he's handling this. So, eventually, Kassab was convinced of Jeff's guilt. He lobbied to keep the investigation alive. And in August of 1974, the federal grand jury convened to evaluate the case. And they would eventually indict him in January of 1975. So, the trial would start two years later in July and continue into August. So, it's actually pretty short. Uh, But crazy enough, the jury was actually on the defense's side um, up until they heard the recording of Jeff talking about what happened. And just like that weird interview, he didn't sound sad. And then one um, juror was even quoted saying he just didn't sound like a man telling the truth. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it earlier, but um, another big thing with that pig blood message was that it was written in gloves, they said, I guess. Yeah, because there was like no fingerprints. It looked like so smooth. I don't fucking know. So, yeah. Um, experts also found that Jeff stabbed his wife through his blue pajama top. He claims that it was ripped during that fight, like I said. And they had, like, a big demonstration of this in trial, too. And they even had, like, the demonstration where the guy was, like, doing it. And he accidentally stabbed the guy in the wrist. Like, as soon as he, like, had started to do it, basically, because it, like, slipped, you know? Yeah. And Jeff didn't have any, like, wounds on his wrist. Um, sorry, I lost my place. Okay, um... Okay, so there was 48 holes in the top. They were all perfectly round. Uh, they found threads from this pajama top under his wife's body, underneath the bedding in Kimberly, Kimberly's room, um, where he had placed her, they claim. And then another thread and splinter from the club were found in Kristen's room. Uh, where? He, oh, and then he had laid, a, I guess, his wife on a bed sheet. And on that sheet, there was, like, a bloody footprint, like, the opposite direction. Like, he was, like, walking away from her body. Um, So, the pajama top was, like, the biggest piece of evidence during the trial. Because, I guess, they had, like, matched it up, like, perfectly to her wounds and her body from where he, like, stabbed her over it. I don't really understand what the point of him doing that was. I think he had originally tried to, like, get blood on his top. Or have, like, a reason of why he was all bloody. And then he ended up stabbing her through it. And then, like transferring the threads everywhere i don't fucking know but there was no threads in the living room like it was just this big thing where it was like really damning that this shirt yeah had all these holes and all this weird shit so um 
and they even question him too and he gets like mad like he eventually like snaps like no like like yells oh, or whatever shit. and like then like they just like end the like questioning because <laughs> they kind of like proved his point where it's like oh this is like a guy who can get irritated and yeah. like yeah and the jury could definitely see it so it's like okay um so what's crazy too is that they actually kept the house sealed the entire time um the case was pending and then the jury went in nine years later when this trial was happening to look at everything and it was still like exactly the same like dishes in the sink the table was still flip um flipped over yeah um one of them said that they still like could read the um message in blood on the headboard but they said what they thought was so weird is that jeff was allowed to take any personal items he wanted from the house but he hadn't taken anything like his daughter still had like drawings hanged up in their room and just like all this like sentimental stuff that he just fucking left behind and it's like do you really like i don't know to grab like what an extra pair of socks yeah literally yeah he just took like his own stuff so they said that it was really like moving moment for all of them and really like yeah just describing the toys except for that guy yeah (laughs) yeah so it was just uh really messed up and then i guess um after all of this, they literally deliberated for less than a day before finding him guilty of second-degree murder. And what's sad is that um, when they first, like, started reading everything out, you know, they'll do, like, first deg- – do you find him, de- like, guilty of the first yeah. degree and all that? And they hadn't found him guilty of first-degree murder against Colette. And so um, her mother just started, like, screaming, like, Whoa. in the courtroom. And everyone said they remember it, like, clearly. Like, it was, like, horrible, like, blood-curdling scream, like, someone – like, her daughter was, like, dying again, yeah. you know? They had to, like, take her out. So she didn't even get to he- finish hearing the verdict. Oh. But he was found guilty. Yeah. And I think he was found guilty of first degree against his two-year-old. Yeah. Um. So just a few more things. Um. So the night after the murders, Jeff had written down everything he remembered. And he had written that he'd been taking Escritrol, uh-huh. which I guess can cause temporary psychosis, rage reactions, which... It's kind of random, but the first story we did on here that's, I don't think, any available anymore, but that Chris Watts thing where he had been doing all that weird weight loss pills and stuff and, like, claimed that it could cause psychosis and stuff. I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird, like, family annihilator stuff. Anyways, um, the guy, Joe McGinnis, who had written that book, Fatal Vision, started to get really obsessed with this case, and he eventually published a book, and it became very popular, like, so popular, and then it was made into a two-part movie. And I guess at the time, everyone, like, went crazy for this movie because it was, like, they'd been hearing about this case and then they were, like, really seeing him, like, murder his family, like, covered in blood. And there was still kind of, like, he was found guilty, but there was all this stuff where it was, like, was he really guilty? We don't know. But, um, I guess, uh, despite McGinnis maintaining that he believes Jeff is guilty, uh, Jeff still tried to appeal his case many times but it was and they wanted like a retry on all that but it was like one of those things where because of that whole fatal vision stuff everything was like so tainted like they couldn't find like a jury or anything where it was like nobody didn't know about the case kind of a thing and he was just like denied constantly even i think in 2020 yeah he had asked the court for a compassionate release and they were like no you don't qualify for it um so i think he just gave up completely on trying to appeal his case Mm -hmm. And then just another thing about that Helena chick. So 
you can literally watch like this whole interview of her talking about how she went into this house um they had went there to ask him for drugs they knocked him unconscious she claims that she even answered the phone in the house and there's another guy who says he's the one who called the house who claims he remembers hearing um people in the background like a fight happening uh and then he hears someone saying hang up the goddamn phone she said that she had went into the back bedroom and saw two other members um killing colette and then she says that they left in a blue mustang showed up at her house they had stopped at like dunkin donuts and that she went inside with the dunkin donuts but she can't say any names of who was with her so but she's like one of those people who's like confessed taken back for confession confessed taken back so it's like is she just like kind of like running along yeah it's like really weird and then the fact that like nothing ever really came of it her confessing anyways it's like she can say whatever she wants because yeah nothing's happening um and then i guess um the just one more thing sorry the prosecutor on the original case was actually convicted of fraud and was found to have like made stuff up on a bunch of like trials and stuff so it's also like another thing where it's like hmm and then i guess when they had tried to appeal his case again they had evidence where it was like um testimony from people who were like at the house that night and had seen uh jeff and his wife and then also like hair evidence or something from it was like hairs three hairs that had been found that didn't match anyone in the house just like weird stuff like that where Mm -hmm. They wanted to investigate it, but nothing ever came of it. So, yeah. So, um, my resources were Wilderness of Error. That documentary is really good. Um, I went to this uh, web page. It was just like McDonaldCaseFacts.com. Um, the Fatal Vision book by the Joe McGinnis guy. Um, the CNN article about the fatal vision author and killer meet again um uh justice.gov article i think that was it yeah damn yeah yeah that was that case there sorry i had a lot more too that i want to talk about but i was just like well it's not that important so (laughs) same i have a couple pages i did not type yeah and then other sources where I was like, I, I didn't read that article that I had up on my web page. I had that article up that I didn't get to read. Yeah. There's like just so much to look into. Sounds like yours too. Cause like no one really yeah. knows what happened. So it's like, and there's so much conflicting stuff too. And like things on it where I was like, dang, like, yeah. Cause I think there's still even two, like two more episodes where I like didn't even get to cover where oh, it's like shit. all the like, stuff like after he was convicted and stuff of like oh well there's oh, this fuck. and that and like yeah it's crazy so well if you remember if you want to like do that the next time just like do, talk like, about a, a couple up. just yeah. a quick follow-up like oh, yeah. also this <laughs> yeah but, yeah so so <sighs> it's been going yeah we're at an hour and 18 minutes nice <laughs> we had a lot to catch up we yeah. have not seen each other literally since the last time we recorded so and we only chatted for like 10 minutes before yeah and normally we're we'll chat, chat for an hour yeah and then go welcome <laughs> to sweet sweet death we don't have anything to talk i just accidentally paused it okay well we'll see everybody later uh yep goodbye bye <laughs>